Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Happy Friday, you dear hearts. I hope January is treating you kindly and that you've had some happy hoovering since we last spoke. This week, I'm talking to one of the hosts of the mighty new smash hit podcast, Drunk Women Solving Crime. It's the ace comedian and wonderful human Taylor Glenn. First, though, just a quick thanks to my patrons on here. Welcome to the new ones as well. All of you are brilliant people. If you don't know what a patron is, it's someone who swaps money from tiny to big for presents, um, like hoovering related presents, stuff like extra content, guest recipes, discount tickets to live shows. If this might suit you, please go to patreon.co.uk forward slash the hoovering pod. Also, if you're a $10 patron or above, um, just to let you know, we recorded the birthday special hoovering episode uh, just for you. And it was epic as were the hangovers but frankly they were worth it the guests are off the charts some of my favorites from the year gone by people like rosie jones and sarah Barron were there also some new superstars from the year of guests to come including jen brister and rachel stubbings i'll be releasing that episode um which is just for you guys who are on ten dollars or over on the 20th of january because that's our exact one year birthday for the podcast if you went up a tier or joined at that tier um, after the 1st of January, that's fine. It just means you'll be able to see the post with the new with the special episode in it from the 1st of February, basically, instead of right away on the 20th. Winner, winner, pants on fire. Let's talk about live shows. I want you to come and see my stand-up because I'm working up a new show. The details.
details are all on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Um, I'm at the Leicester Festival in February. Come to that. I'm at London's Vault Festival in March. But more importantly, very cool news about Hoovering Live. My January shows in Islington have all sold out. Wahoo! So if you're London-based... Um, even if you're already coming to those ones, it'll be different. You should come and see us at the Vaults Festival instead on the 3rd of March. If you're in the northeast of the UK, we're at the brilliant Maps Festival in Newcastle on the 16th of February. And we are coming to Glasgow as well on the 30th of March as part of the Glasgow Comedy Festival. Links to tickets for all of those are on Acast on the uh, podcast notes for this episode. And they're on my website, which I already mentioned. Come, come, come. To the podcast then. Taylor and me get pretty deep, pretty fast, like only a friend with an ex-therapist can. <laughs> she is amazing. Her story about her mum in particular blew the winter cobwebs off my heart. She's fucking swanky at cooking as well, actually. We met in December, hence the slightly Christmassy chat, but um, I'd planned to put this one out a little earlier than I have. Apologies, but who cares? Not me. May the sizzling commence. I wanted to include the sound of the frying just because yeah. it's one of my favourite sounds. It's one of the most useful noises in the universe, isn't it? That crickly crackling. That's so wrong. You know how people listen to like bird sounds to get to sleep? I feel like I could do like deep fat fryer on a loop. Such a great idea. <laughs> Don't Radio 4 have like um, a sounds. I know that's what their whole app is called now, yeah. but I mean they, there's a whole there's a section on a Sunday I think where you just listen to oh, perhaps okay. a woodland yeah or a glade I love that but they should have cooking sounds like they should absolutely have like just frying chips I love all of it chopping <laughs> oh no I love the sound of a good chop yeah a big slice I mean, I don't, I don't do impressions of them. I don't love impressions <laughs> of the sound of cooking. No, you take your coffee black, no sugar. Please. I'm like a um, sexy... Wow. Do you think it makes me like a sexy French person? Did you hear me just pause? Because I just can't... I can't <laughs> respond. It's so badass. Because it's the coolest... I think it's the coolest thing about me. Really I think it's the only cool thing about oh, me. But I? I love it with oat milk. But um, right. I can't get my favourite oat milk anywhere at the moment, Taylor. Oh, so sorry, I've is it Oatly? Oatly Barista Edition. Oh. I've tried eight supermarkets. I don't know whether people have been asking for it in their stocking for Christmas. Why is there no Oatly Barista Edition? That would that's take up lush. a good part of the stocking. That's a great stuff. That's what a great idea, actually. You're a massive oblong. That's the whole... That's, even in a massive stocking, that's a footfall, isn't it? Well, especially if it's... Uh, what are you doing? Rare. You have a kid... I do. I imagine going to get a stocking. She is. From Santa. Well, now I'm putting Oatly in there. Yeah. <laughs> but what, um, what do you... Do you put food in it? I do. Man, today was coming and I actually was really nervous because there is nothing I'm more obsessed with than food. And at every angle I approach it with, I have a little bit of like... Oh, okay. Really? I really do. Every time I listen to the intro on your podcast, actually, I'm like, yes, but it's, it's shame and it's complicated. Yes, it's <laughs> um, so straight out the door just asking me about my daughter I'm like and I don't want to pass on neurosis about food <laughs> yes I will put food in her stocking but it will be a mix oh right yeah 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 and I'm less neurotic than I was when she was born I didn't let right. her touch sugar for like the first two years I was that's amazing so, well done I guess it's well done but it was a little 
I don't know, is it well done or is it super controlling? I don't know the line with food. Well, I, I mean, there's a pretty... I think most people just have a really fast fall from grace, don't they? Certainly in like middle-class circles. I think there's a real class divide on it in terms yeah. of yeah. just how much people care about that stuff. Absolutely. I have relaxed enormously in the last year. Have you? We didn't do any sugar at all for the first year. Really? Because you're not meant to. Like, my partner is very much into, well, what are the rules? Right. Do you know what I mean? What do the <laughs> NHS say you do? And they say no sugar until they're one. But he, my son is in such a rough little nursery that they were giving him biscuits and cakes at six months. And we had to say, please... I remember going and saying, oh, please, can you not have... It? Like, even, like... <laughs> he'd be like, what be, what's he been up to today? And they'd be like, he's had oops. Spaghetti hoops. And like, oh, great. And, um, and a couple of custard creams. He sucked a couple of custard creams. You're like, he's six months old. And, and I had to say, oh, could you, um, we're not giving him any refined sugar until he's one. And I remember them saying, do you know what? We've had a few mums say that. Like, uh, yeah. Because it's really dangerous. Is it really dangerous? Who knows? They never used to care. They didn't care in the 80s, I'm sure. And we are fine. Are we? No. No, that wasn't the answer to that. But (laughs) Maybe it was the accidental answer to that. I know my parents didn't care. I mean, I can clearly remember waking up and eating circus peanuts for breakfast, which are the equivalent of uh, foam bananas. Same flavor, slightly larger, because America. Yeah. But I can remember, like, waking up and eating those on holiday, and my parents knew it, and they're like, well... Wow. You know, there were no boundaries. Circus Peanuts really. is a great name for a confectionery item. <laughs> we, but but once he became one and we knew that he was allowed some sugar then, it's just been yeah. on a steady increase since then. Well, that's the thing. I'm in a terrible rut at the moment, which I do feel shame about. But yeah. it's not... It's shame because it, it's, it could be overcome with greater willpower and a calmer demeanour. <laughs> but to get out of the door and into nursery... Mm. Which is it about three days a week, yeah. a biscuit every day. Yeah. Every single day, a biscuit. You know what? And it's now, it is, it's, it's part of the institution now. It's, yeah. If there, if there were to not be a biscuit, there would be an almighty meltdown. You know, sometimes the ride we make for our back is kind of cushy. It's like a cushy ride. Yeah. And it's like, I don't actually mind. I don't care. Relying on this ride. No, I do. It's pretty nice. In fact, without this ride, I don't think I'd feel like me. Yeah. <laughs> But I flip flop. So do you get? So are you saying you don't want to pass your neurosis? So anyway, just quickly finish. Oh. I, I don't. I'm not very good at following even my own thread. But I am, <laughs> That's fine. With the stocking, I had lots of sweets in my stocking as a kid, but also yeah. a joke walnuts and some satsumas. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And were they a joke? They were a joke. Okay. Like, I think they were like because they like, used to be the thing, right? Yeah, like the sure. Like, the yeah, yeah, but I think when you've got, when you've also got whatever selection box of Cadbury's chocolates in there yeah the joke is what five or six year old is gonna go well I can't wait for the satsuma I like that you got ironic stocking stuffers that's cute yeah tangerine and the toe I always hear about that that was like the big treat yeah that was the treat see yeah I don't know what was now it's like the middle finger up compared to the other nice stuff yeah, but, we um, got loads of sweets. Did you? We did. I mean, and then my parents seemed shocked when we would go to the dentist and have like five cavities at a time. Like, what? 
what is going on? Um, and you grew up in America. I did. And then I remember going, so I have family in America, an uncle. Right. And I remember going over one year as a child, about nine or ten, uh, and it, our visit was over, over the course of Easter. Okay. Um, so obviously this was a very long time ago. <laughs> but um, I remember being a bit heartbroken that there weren't Easter eggs everywhere. It was like you guys oh, didn't do yeah. Easter. Like Easter. Not like you guys. We no. don't have the giant... Yeah, the first time I saw one of those. And that was back in the day where here an Easter egg meant you'd get a chocolate hollow egg right. with like a couple of chocolate bars, often yeah. something inside the egg made of chocolate as well, mm-hmm. and a mug or a bowl branded with the oh, chocolate. Oh, okay. So you used to always have Smarties mugs and Kit Kat bowls. Oh, I didn't know about the mugs. They yeah. haven't seen a really proper one. Though. Those were the days. I think we've missed a trick on two things as Americans that we have not adopted from you. We've stolen all your TV shows. We've taken lots of little food things over. We're like, fish and chips are delightful. You know, we've done that. Yeah. But roasties mm. and Easter eggs. Yeah. We need to get on board. And pasties, actually, although I found out that they do them in Michigan because loads mean, of Cornish people really there. Yeah, there was this little community that's the one place in the States you can get a pasty. That's so cool to I know. I doubt they're authentic. They're probably filled with pizza ingredients. <laughs> that's a calzone. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a really greasy calzone with mints in. It's a palzone. Palzone, why Share not? Share friends. Actually, I think that sounds, I mean, that sounds like something I'd very happily eat. Now listen, I've never made these before. We're on the, the vegan banana fritters. Because I wanted to make vegan, but I wanted to feel guilty about it. So I wanted, like, what's the most unhealthy thing you can do as, uh, you know, because I know... How filthy can you get as a vegan? vegan? And it's donuts. The answer is donuts. Yes! <laughs> this is incredible. Well... I'll take some pictures. Incredible. In, in, but is it edible? The process. We will see. Oh, I love it. Get my shadow out. I love a batter. I just love making batter. I love making pancakes. Yeah. Anything with a batter. I've always felt a little bit inadequate at pancakes, actually. Really? So I'm always in awe of anyone who just very casually pops a pancake together. Um, I'm I impressed. I think there's a big debate how to do it because there's the crepe, there's the crepe type, and then there's the big fluffy American type, and you can't. You gotta pick one or the other. Go yeah. pick your team, Jess. Mmm, delicious. I'm super nervous. Do I don't usually deep fry. I don't deep fry. So stuff. you were saying earlier when you were like checking stuff with me yeah. very kindly that you're a bit of a perfectionist when you're cooking for people. I love to cook. Yeah. You can I, tell I'm just gonna look. Everything I've done the past few years has been super confessional. So whatever like boundaries I used to have are completely gone. So it's like let's get right into it. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do it. Let's do I it. was listening to another episode and someone was a bit skittish about like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk about my feelings. I'm like, let's. Come on, that's what food's about. <laughs> it is what food's about. Well, I think it's I why I wanted talk. to do a, a podcast about yeah. eating more than one about food, per se. I think yeah. it's... Uh, but then, you know, then it's... Uh, I love it that you're up for me. Well, I know. <laughs> Open straight off the bat. And like you say, with other with other people I've spoken to, it's had to be quite silly and jolly. And, and I've always try and sneak something in that might conjure an emotional... Oh, I'll give you trauma. Let's give do me the trauma. trauma. Well, just because yes. I know you've talked about Christmas therapy. Trauma. You've talked I have about loads therapy, of therapy yeah. on the podcast. And yeah, I mean, my brain is worth thousands of dollars. You used therapy. to be a therapist. I was a therapist. I've had therapy. I still go to therapy for like MOT sessions. I go like once a month, once oh, cool. every two months, just upkeep. 
Nice. But I'm telling you, food, I've tackled every single angle of my person. I am, really? I am hyper self-aware, but I do not talk about food in therapy because I think it is, I think it's too much. So today yeah. I was like, am I going to, am I going to face my stuff about food or what? And do you know I don't want to in a way? Yeah. And I want to keep it jolly. Like I don't want it to be all dark. I hate like I joked with you, let's talk about food dysfunction. I have an unhealthy relationship with food. That is true. But I feel like that's an inadequate description. I A better way of saying it is like I have a torrid love affair with food. Because yeah. I feel like if you say dysfunctional, yeah, you don't talk heavy. about the beautiful part of yeah. it. You don't talk about the passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been... The makeup sex. <laughs> the makeup sex. It's been exactly... You don't know. I just it's been like fair. five meals that are the equivalent of yeah. makeup sex. <laughs> so yeah, it gets abusive. Sometimes it's unhealthy. Yeah. But then when it's good, it's so good. Yeah. So it it's complicated. And you can't, you literally can't be without it. I think that there, therein lies the rub, right? There is the rub. It's this relationship. And maybe it's like a parent kid relationship in that sense. Mm. That what's, God, I've never thought of that as an analogy for it, but maybe that is why it's, it's, it's the, this is the one you can't walk away from ever. It's true. I mean, and you even can walk away from yeah, your kid. I was going to say, Just you actually, it. you could actually <laughs> abandon, that's a loaded word. You could actually... <laughs> what is this? A doll's house? <laughs> First sizzling banana going in. That's right. Yeah, you could. You could leave a, you could leave a, a family and, and you wouldn't too. die like you would if you stopped eating. Yeah. Well, I remember learning about addiction when I was training and I, not, I never wanted to work with addiction or eating disorders probably because both hit too close to home. So I was like, give me the other trauma. I'll do all the other trauma. <laughs> but I remember that was sort of the saying. It was like, you know, you we teach people to go teetotal largely. That's usually the model in addiction. And yeah, you can't do that with food. You try to improve on this relationship that is so... What fascinates me is that it's this mind-body relationship. We know that there's so much going on in the brain um, for people with eating disorders, and then presumably, I mean, they don't study people that maybe don't meet the criteria, because I don't think I meet the criteria yeah. for an eating disorder, but I think I have disorderly eating, and well, I'm so I curious if my brain them, looks yeah, different. I, I kind of uh, don't know anyone who hasn't. Yeah. I know people who don't know they have. Yeah. Um, and the few people I know, and it is a few, it's probably on one hand, who <clears throat> I would say don't do any disorder eating, by which I mean they eat when they're hungry, they, they have what they want, they stop when they're full, yeah. and they'll have days where they eat tons because their hunger's up because of hormones or tiredness or yeah. whatever the time of year, whatever, then they're attuned to themselves. Yeah. Jess, the oil's too hot and that's okay, I don't have to be that's perfect. absolutely fine, this doesn't, this looks incredible, it's they're the going all brown. Room. It's the test run. This is incredible. Carry on though. Yes, um, those people Those people are fascinating, but also, <laughs> I, I... Don't know any that don't have other issues with other things. Sure. They'll, they'll always be, I think, I feels like a almost, I don't mean to sound hopeless because I think it's manageable and we're all, most of us on a constant journey of attempted self-improvement, etc., etc. Mm. But it feels like it's an almost essential part of our humanity to, um, to, to not 
necessarily be a natural when it comes to moderation. It's also not what our bodies right. were designed to do, like you were saying about our brains. Right. The rewards stuff that goes off when you have sugar or yeah. uh, equal fat and sugar or whatever, yeah. or, you know, alcohol, yeah. the endorphins, the... The, I can't remember what they're called. There's stuff in chocolate, isn't there, that gives you the horn that's in chilies as well, stuff like that. It's all, it's hugely emotional. Yeah. Well, and I'm not up to speed on, uh, I mean, I've moved so far away from science, I shouldn't <laughs> talk about it. But the last thing I remember reading, um, you know, because they try to understand more and more, those are definitely too dark, but it was just our first round. Oh, it's they fine. look incredible. You know how you throw out the first pancake? We throw out the first banana fritters. Or we they're just, not getting thrown out. We eat them second. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, but I remember reading that. Um, Can I do anything to help, by the way? I'm just no, standing here. This is, oh, this is like heaven. Like, I'm okay. here deep frying and I'm talking to Jess Fosicu. Okay. This is like amazing. Ooh, I well, can't I'm, believe you've never I'm been to my house. I can't believe I've never been to your house. I'm so shit at attending a party. Well, the Can North you have another South one? divide is real. It oh. really is. Uh, the thing is, as well, they're, they're, you quite often have your parties on the weekend. And when I'm gigging, I do not want to go out afterwards <laughs> now that I'm an old lady. Understandable. Pathetic is what it is. I said it in a very early episode and I don't think I reiterate it enough but the whole reason I started talking about my eating with a shrink is because I had a sort of flashback when I was planning to start this podcast to um, some therapy I was having ostensibly really for a very broken heart some years ago and she quite to me seemingly out of nowhere perhaps we were talking about drinking and how much sleep you're getting etc etc in that kind of broken state and I she said what about eating and I was like what about it you know bloody love it and uh (laughs) and she said um well tell me what you've eaten today and I honestly I felt like someone had pinned me by the throat not in a sexy way up against all that horrible horrible how fucking dare you right ask me what I've eaten too far I felt like she'd asked me to take my clothes off too far it was like how I, it, my instant reaction was anger, defensive, really like, <gasps> and, I, and I was like, no, I can't, I, I just had to stumble over it, so I don't think I can bear to say, I can't bear to say, <gasps> I'm going to lie, I could feel myself going to choose to lie, and I can't even remember what I'd had that day, I don't think I'd been, I don't think I'd woken up and immediately begun binging, <laughs> that's right. very rare, but she, it, my day would work like that way around, yeah. but it was just like, oh, how, but she poked the dragon, she poked yeah. the fucking Amazing. dragon, and I was like, oh, well, that's a dragon that needs to be tamed if I'm going to do a whole fucking podcast about eating, for me at least. But it doesn't mean that everybody I talk to has to go there. And I'm hyper-conscious that a lot of people won't want to because of my reaction to that question and how I surprised myself by that. Yeah, I bet. And it's just shame. It's just shame. It is shame. And I think that's what, you know, because, you know, I can I can talk to a trash can. That's me. But I, and I share a lot. I've shared a lot in stand-up. I've shared a lot on in public <laughs> interviews but there's something about this topic that is more shameful than anything and I think it just touches every aspect of other difficult parts of my life because I, I think where I'm dysfunctional with food is I definitely use it as a comfort I use it to numb as an escape I just do a lot of really mindless eating yeah and um, and I have for a long, long time. I mean, it just goes way back to. I, and I, I mean, I think it's very funny in a way because anyone that knows me references 
my eating. I remember my brother gave the speech at my wedding, and uh, my husband likes his food too. So <laughs> we did it Swedish style, where it was a very small wedding. Everybody can stand up and speak if they want to during the course of the meal. Yeah, I love it. Um, and everyone in my family is, you know, very good at speaking. And uh, so my dad gave this beautiful speech, but then like the joke speeches were coming up. And my brother said, you know, the main thing that connects my sister with this wonderful man um, is their metabolism. <laughs> He's like, no one understands why they don't weigh 400 pounds each. <laughs> and even my niece, who was eight at the time, told a story at the wedding about, she's like, I just remember Auntie Taylor sitting on a chair waiting for us to come and give her hugs and I was eating cereal out of the box and just letting it fall down my <laughs> Like, oh, it's I'm nice to be known for something. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I catch people. Oh, great! Yeah, there's the sizzle. This is the right color. See, we got the they right color. They look incredible. Um, I catch people sometimes if I'm very hungry and eating much faster than is polite. Right. I do catch people sort of clock it. Really? Yeah, definitely. Even friends, you know, be like, she's fucking putting that away. I remember once in a car with a comedian driving to a very far away gig. Yeah. Getting a. Um, being realising I was really hungry but we were being fed at the gig so I didn't want to get a meal so just getting a muffin or something and then I just remember it being like you fucking hell you that's gone isn't it? that's just gone isn't it like it was just really like whoa is this why you can't make and two like, bite pasta yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean I was like I love it yeah I just really wanted it and and now it's gone but um, sorry yeah. about the sound of my phone but guess what it said from mom. so oh. that's a good segue <laughs> Because I'm curious about the shame and kind of where did the shame come from? Do you think it's just inherent in... For me? Yeah. I think it's inherent because otherwise it wouldn't be so almost universal, especially amongst women. Mm -hmm. I think that there's... We're from a society that have... We are... We've had so many generations now of diet culture. Yeah. We've had... Which I think has disconnected us all the more from our hunger and ourselves. Yeah. And it doesn't work and is toxic. And I think we've had... Um, we've just... We've been through stuff, humanity. And we yeah. don't quite know what to make of it. So we've, I think overweightness is... Uh, fatness is associated with greed. It's not with necessarily like a body type or whatever. It's associated with um, wealth. Yeah. Or it, it, it's all these things that are just wrong and shame and disgustingness. And yeah. it's, uh, but, but on a personal level, mine is because I have a dad and in turn he had a mum who were, she was, you know, a war, brought up in the Second World War. Sure. They didn't have enough. Sure. And I don't know what, there might have been a, I'm sure there was probably a parent with a similar thing there, but who were <clears throat> simultaneously, um, my nana and my dad, real feeders, like to the point of sort of really odd excess. Um, really? Like as a toddler, as a one-year-old, I was given a bowl of jam and a spoon. <gasps> yeah, like wow. real. And it's constant. What can I get you now? 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 It is constant. To the point where as an adult, you can really laugh. Sure. But... I mean, a bowl of jam. Yeah, yeah. Simultaneously, that parent for me and that parent for him... <clears throat> with all that feeling, also a really, really tangy hatred of fat people. <gasps> so if wow. a fat person is nearby, a horrible thing will be said. A jokey one, but wow. something really 
unpleasant will be said, wow. even if it's a child. So that's where all my shame. I mean, that's just it's just textbook, right? Because you're damned if you do, you're damned yeah, if you don't. Because how do I accept the love of this food, yeah, but make sure exactly I don't turn into that yeah. person? Wow. Yeah. Really that writes itself. Impossible. Shall we eat some fried shit? Yeah, please. <laughs> Fucking hell, this looks amazing. <laughs> well, let's do the first round. We can always fry more. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What about you? Did you have like a, a dieting parent or a... Yes, and, and more than that, she's ready to be good. <laughs> oh, I was going to do a mango hedgehog. <gasps> we got to do the mango hedgehog. I'll slice that while we chat. We'll dive in. They're probably super hot. Yeah, I'm um, Yes, my mother dieted. She was... You know, it starts to just feel like the typical story. She's a beautiful woman. She had no reason. You know, I was listening to your episode with Josie Long, and I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, just relating to so much of it. Um, I forget how she phrased it, but I love it. She's like, I participated heavily in diet culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mother just didn't ever think she was good enough, still doesn't. And to the point where really, I, I feel bad divulging this, but luckily she doesn't do podcasts. Um, yeah, nor does my dad. <laughs> genuinely, I don't want to sound like the ex-therapist that diagnoses everybody, but um, she really does veer into body dysmorphia. Right. I mean, I, I have this memory of going with her as a teenager to this ice cream place that we always go to on holiday. And um, like me, I think her weight goes up and down, but it's not in a way that that I consider it's it's nothing yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's, there's no extremes but she was even in a phase where you know I think she was exercising and so she was like my mom is hot like yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how else to put it like she's, yeah, like, oh, yeah. she's hot and we're going to get ice cream and she's like oh I just always worry when I go to get ice cream that people are going to see me eating it and go like Boy, should she not be having that? Whoa! I mean, we're like so sad. It's so sad. And you were a teenager when she said that. I'm a teenager, (gasps) and P.S. We're in the Midwest, (laughs) where I'm sorry, but the average, you know, size there is not small. Yeah. And here, my mother is with just a really healthy healthy body. body, Um, And that's when I realized, like, oh, this is really the this is really extreme, actually, Mm. and how much I absorbed that and she did her best to not pass it on to me this is what scares me as a parent is the message you're giving will always be drowned out by the message you don't mean to give and that's what scares me because I my mother never wanted to pass that on to me she always told me I was beautiful not to worry about my weight in fact I can remember quipping when I was really little just because I'd seen an exercise show, so I'm like, you know, it's the 80s, so I put on like 80s gear, I'm like six years old, and I'm like, I'm going to go lose weight. And I just remember my mother grabbing my arm and saying, don't you say that, you don't need to lose weight. And in the in the funniest way, that brought me shame, because yeah, I thought, yeah. ooh, even that expression is shameful. Yeah. What have I done wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I can remember finding diet, oh, I feel so bad divulging all of this, but... You don't have to if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, no, but it just yeah. tumbles out. <laughs> but I can remember, um, no, I think this is good to share. It's funny how like raw it feels. But I feel very emotional even hearing it. I'm just so used to telling my story. When, <laughs> That's you know, nice, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember this ad for um, 
diet pills it was a, a brand called fiber trim in the u.s and they they had these two i mean that literally sat they trim. might as well have called it shit yourself <laughs> I know. fiber trim i know <laughs> amazing shit yourself thin with fiber trim well just to make it sound less like that they had these two women speaking in french Mm -hmm. on the ad because then it makes it very elegant oh the french must use fiber trim (laughs) and they spelled it yeah they spelled fiber like like re we don't do that come on not in the states we don't do that i'm sitting here with a mango touching it like is this like cuddling it it's freudian isn't it it's a lovely (laughs) comforting booby mango if i stir it yeah (laughs) <laughs> if, I put it, if I put it in my mouth, we're done. <laughs> we're done. But the ad was awful because it was um it wasn't two women, it was two young girls speaking to each other in French. And one girl says, Your mother is so trim, she's so beautiful, what's her secret? And I mean like young girls. Oh and the other one says she uses fiber trim. And that's the ad. I mean it was it was horrific. It's probably on YouTube. I'd love to see if I can find it. Um, and my mother made a point of saying this ad is horrible. You know, little girls don't care what their moms look like. God, and I said, yeah, like she's so switched on. She's so switched on. But then, and I don't know how much later it was. I think I was a teenager by this point, And I was like snooping around her drawer, which I shouldn't have been. And right. I found a bottle of fiber trim. <gasps> I know. I might cry. <sighs> and it's, it's. Just like your anecdote about here's a bowl of jam, but do not become one of these disgusting people. And I just yeah. thought, who do I listen to? The part of my mother, you know, who so desperately mm. wants me to avoid these feelings and the self-sabotage or the evidence. Yeah. You know? That nobody is fucking immune to the constant barrage yeah. that we do have. I think I'm slicing the mango just. Yeah. <laughs> That's just sadness, really, with that. Mm. Because there's no judgment, right? She's just not immune. How could anyone be immune for a whole in for a whole life when we are told so constantly yeah. that we sh- ought to be better than we are? Yeah. Whatever we are. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Say scrum diddly umptious. Hello. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The way... People behave in a changing room, I find fascinating. Because the way I'll behave will depend entirely on where I'm at in the month. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what, what my plans, you know, what, you know, probably what I've eaten. What these are very cool. You know, there's a hundred varying factors on how yeah. I behave in a, yeah. how hairy I am, all this stuff. Yeah. But you watch people in there and how they behave, how confidently they behave. Yeah has, I would say, zero fucks to do with what they actually look like, objectively. It's amazing. Yeah. It will be, it will be to do with their confidence that day, their whatever. What, there'll be people who have just worked out and they know that their body, for them, is the hottest it will be for the rest of that day, week, month. Yeah. So they work in it. It's lovely to see. And then there's yeah. people who are objectively shredded you know like yeah very defined def, you know, yeah. whatever they look like they probably work out every day who've got hunched shoulders head down towel around them right over the head yeah another towel around the waist yeah it's fascinating yeah nothing to do with logic no i mean that's all just... to do with emotion yeah i don't know you just want the best for people don't you really and it's not that Mm. Um, on the flip side I feel like my so my legacy is I've carried a lot of that with me and I'm sure some of it will inadvertently get passed on to my daughter but I did did a bit of stand up about this I kind of feel like I have reverse body dysmorphia so I've made up my own diagnosis because actually when I look in the mirror and I know we're talking about body image more than food but of course it's linked yeah um when I look in the mirror, I'm actually, uh, I don't know, more often than not, I'm like, yeah, that yeah, looks yeah. good. I look good. Great. I walk out, I don't have a full-length mirror, so I'll just kind of like look at what I can see, and I'm like, <laughs> looking pretty good, Taylor Glenn. Yeah. And then I go out, and the moment somebody takes a picture, I refuse to believe what I see. Like, I'm that person that's like, uh, what, did you put a filter on? like a weird carnival filter on this <laughs> or you're going to want to go to the Apple store because something's wrong with your phone here. I think it's a, a very similar thing where I think it's part of your it's how you get out of the house in a way that you're excited about the day and I don't mean like you're just jumping and skipping but like an adult version of happy to be going where you're going yeah. part of that entails I will not look at my reflection if possible and if mm. I do just to quickly check there isn't something from a toddler on my face or cl- whatever quickly mm. um it is a very quick fine that is fine like yeah. that just quick yep like that it's that yeah, and yeah, also yeah. do these affirmations okay yeah looking good you look great that'll yeah. do yeah um yeah. and then i have exactly something i can't i very really very do not like to see a photo of myself especially especially on stage mm. i hate the idea that i have to start caring about what i might be looking like when i'm doing stand-up it's the last thing on my mind. Or it should be the last thing on my mind. But it feels so pathetic and unfeminist to say to people, please don't put pictures you've taken of me on stage on social media. No, I know. Because it hurts my feelings. You know, I know. Well, I need to fucking grow up. Mm. Oh, God. But it's so, they turned out well, huh? They're oh, all right. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
The banana's all liquid inside. <laughs> Shit, that's Uh-oh. so Now I've made you happy with food. Is that mm, okay? Yeah, it is. It's ideal. Because here's, here's mm. the flip side is... And I was always going to carry this on. My family are very big on food, and I think for us it's our safe space. Right. Because I think we can argue a lot, argue a lot mm-hmm. about politics, sports, family stuff, whatever's going on. But food mm-hmm. is where we go to, even just to talk about it, just to feel safe. Yeah. I mean, we the way that I think normal families probably talk about like activities that they did in the past. <laughs> like, remember that ski trip? We're like, remember the ham. From we, 1997. I love that. I think that's normal. We will talk about a meal, but we can mm. talk about it for so yeah. long. It's Bad crazy. meals come up a lot in my. There was a meal where there was a meal on a holiday in France. Okay. About half of us, we didn't really know what we were ordering, but we were trying to be adventurous and yeah, you know. And about half of us ended up with tripe. Oh. In a mum had it even in a salad. She ended up having. That's full. And it was the smell stayed mm-hmm. with us for like the whole holiday. And I think it was like my nana's 80th or something. It was, oh, no. There was a lot of pressure on it to be a really great meal. And it was... Yeah, we talk about that. But I wish we talked about great meals more. I get my fix because of this. But I think it's lovely to remember times from the feast. It is, actually. And I think we're all... We're into every aspect of food. Like, we'll... Um, we'll talk about the science behind why something works. And, um, you know, there's a, I'm not going to remember his name, there's a a chef in the U.S., Alton Brown, Mm. who talks about the science of food a lot. And we were into him for a long time. And we all watched cooking shows. A little bit. Not quite quite as out there um, in his artistry. Mm. But I love all that. I love watching cooking shows. I love to cook. I love to learn um, one of the nicest presents I was ever given was like a Southeast Asian cooking class, and I got to be in a professional kitchen. It's the first job I ever wanted wow. to do. I wanted to be a chef. Did you? Yeah, I love it. Why I love did you food. not end up doing that? I don't know. Um, do you think it would have ruined cooking for you, like um, like comedy gets ruined? I think <laughs> through doing it. Yeah, She's just assuming everybody. Well, and I so. kind of, I think I ruined therapy too. No, <laughs> oh, no, oh no. But this is, it's inevitable, I think. Yeah. To an extent. By the way, can I just say that these are, these fritters are off the fucking charts. Oh right? my gosh. I can't so remember happy. the last time I had a banana and enjoyed it this much. Oh my I mean, gosh. I know it's because it's wrapped in dough <laughs> and fat and sugar on top of that, but. They're it's pretty good. So, the banana itself actually isn't that sweet, Mm-mm. obviously compared to actual sugar. And that is really... It really tastes more banana-y than any banana incarnation I've had recently. And I'm constantly having some frozen banana in a smoothie or... Okay. I feel like yeah. they're in my life a lot, but this, yeah. this feels new Woo-hoo! and exciting. I'm very grateful. Thank you. This is lush. I want to change bananas for the world. Yeah. But it's just they're all hot and they've not mm. completely lost their um, structure inside, mm. but enough that... Yeah. And they taste... It's almost savoury compared to... And they're very awesome. unripe. Yeah, I chose. Mm. I had some more ripe ones, but the sugar, you it's know, just ideal. Awesome. Almost like plantain, a bit more like plantain. Look how pleased I am that mm. you're happy with. The I food. really am happy with the food. Here's your bowl of jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a tightrope. It's yeah. a tightrope. Where are you now with? Because um, it sounds again, just because I listen in on the episodes, it sounds like you've been in a pretty good place. With because I remember you talking about exercising and make a, making a point of like working with a trainer and saying yeah. I don't want you to bring food into yeah. this Still and not 
it's almost like controlling the amount of control (laughs) you put upon it's exactly that it's a constant thing and as well I think if you're going to do a podcast about something that you need to all the while be not be getting obsessed with it's that's it's a battle so I don't think I can't envisage um being you know I'm not going to be that person that doesn't need to constantly be working on it not for years so when hmm, when a shit thing happens the voice that says eat something is still there and it's still screaming and it's still loud okay but I and by when I say eat something I mean mindlessly binge loads until you're not feeling your feelings like yeah. you are at the moment yeah and I I answer it sometimes and for me I think it's uh, so complicated because I'll go through times where I think well you'll be better or fixed or you won't have disordered eating when you when you're at the point where you never listen to that mm. I, this is I don't think that's I I don't think that's me I don't think I'll be that person. No. I think I'm someone who's always... I have very extreme emotions. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who's going to need some ways of dampening them sometimes. Yeah. And Same. I would Same. rather know that what I'm doing is binging or is comforting or is rewarding. And it isn't ideal. And it isn't what someone who was had the time and the great mental health to be able to eat really mindfully and brilliantly all the time. Mm. And actually, I think it comes in large part for me of going, just do what you fucking can, actually. You're mm. you're trying to achieve an awful lot of things at once in life generally. Yeah. So when it comes to eating, give yourself a fucking break. Yeah. I eat way too much, but at the moment I'm working out a lot mm-hmm. because I love it and it makes me feel strong and it makes me feel happy and it helps me keep my emotions in check. And when the emotions are more in check, the less yeah. inclined I am to do bad, to not be kind to myself in terms of drinking, eating, etc. Yeah. And even though I eat objectively loads, <laughs> I, I am getting, I am shifting the shame about it. That's I don't amazing. feel as much shame. I'm just, I'm happily talking about it I just, all the time. <laughs> I just pushed a whole half mango in my face. Yeah. Shame. There's no shit. That's fruit. <laughs> There's no shame in mango. No, just when you get food all over your face. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a podcast, mate. That's the point. All, what the listeners don't know is that me and my guests are almost entirely covered in food the entire time. I recently shared this story for the first time publicly. Yeah. My friends all knew it because I was like, what's your most embarrassing like food also slash drunk story? Oh, which really? very often coincides. The things Fine. I will come home and eat after I've been drinking. I'm eating my mango. Um, yeah, enjoy your hedgehog. Love it. Um, I remember coming home when I lived in New York and I was starving. There was no food in the house. I was really drunk. And I ended up naked on my bed watching a movie <laughs> with a jar of matzo balls, Jewish soup, big dumplings, right. which you're obviously supposed to heat up in a right. bowl. But no, I was just mainlining <laughs> them from the jar. <laughs> and... I tried to put one, so I'm like lying down and I tried to put one of the matzo balls in my mouth and it rolled down my naked stomach and landed in my belly button. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is horrible. This is just this moment of like, I might have a few different problems actually. (laughs) And I remember just looking at it and I was like, okay, there's a few ways out of this. Oh, sorry. There's my bell. Um, 
I rolled the matzo ball back up my boobs and into my mouth. It <laughs> <laughs> was a real moment of elegance. Majestic. That's an amazing story. Yeah. I, um, we could do it with the banana fritters if you want. I'm just offering. Well, pick off. <laughs> a demo. Roll one down. <laughs> pick it back out the belly button. <laughs> I am. Um, it's that kind I, of like alone. I'm alone. Oh, it's so and lovely. No one can see. I love it though. I feel really happy in those instances. In fact, my I have had times where my shrink said, "And how do you feel when you're, you know, something like that?" And I'll be like, happy, happy, really nice, yeah. really fucking nice. Mm. For example, like, I think a lot of people feel um, sick or ashamed when they're, like, very, very full up. Mm. I love it. I just love it. I like my body hurting because there's so much food in it. I like that feeling. I don't really shame feel... This is part of the problem. This is where I'm like, I'm sure if you studied my brain, it's going to be along these lines. I don't feel full the way I know I should. Right, yeah, yeah. No, there are days where I can't I've, physically get full. I've killed that trigger yeah. in my brain. It's so Well, when strange. there's a, for some kind of, you know, reason of just sheer busyness or whatever, where you don't mm-hmm. eat for a long stretch of time, mm-hmm. childbirth, whatever, some instance mm-hmm. where you, your tummy shrinks because there's been this long fast, um, how quickly you're full after that, just from a few mouthfuls, I think, oh, I genu- my instinct is like, oh, we've got to sort that out. Right. It's not all great. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's, that's pathetic. That's not my... I'm going to go down the ranks of camel status. Like, I, lo- I quite like <laughs> thinking that this, the reserves are high. One that's thing a good I, survival feeling. One thing I read a few years ago was... Um, when there was mango's perfect as well. Well, I, I didn't ripen it myself, but um, thank you, Sunshine. You've got the perfect hedgehog out of it. <laughs> thank you. Oh, you're telling me I'm perfect. I love it. <laughs> that's the dream but I remember reading that they were studying the brains of um, people with eating disorders and they found that people that tend to compulsively overeat mm. or have suffer from bulimia their reward centers are undersensitive right and people with anorexia who control what they right. eat oversensitive right. so something might be very overwhelming you know mm. the feeling of food of being full of having the pleasure centers yeah you know, that the serotonin rush, mm-hmm. the dopamine, all of that. And it really hit me because it made yeah. me ask the question, am I am I a real reward seeker? And I think I am. I think yeah. that's part of it. It's it's part of the comfort. It's, um, uh, you know, for lots of reasons, just things I'm seeking comfort from. Or a high. And I think it's like... And the, the reward is not just comfort, yeah. it's a high. Yeah. We want happiness in our life. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up for that. It's crazy. We want highs. We want real feelings of high highness. But if I'm getting that from a cold matzo ball, Jess, I mean, <laughs> you got you to take a look at I've your life. It's instantly springing to mind that's like that is popcorn in the cinema and then finding mm-hmm. loads in your bra and like really happily eating that up. Out of, out of even the underside. Amazing. Sweaty. Why not sweaty, the underside? Tit sweat soaked popcorn. You know, that's a delicacy in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Under the popcorn. <laughs> so, so you've mentioned a few things from the States, but is there anything yeah. you love to eat from the States which you can't get here? Is that it's like when you come when you when you go back there? Is there mm. anything you stock up on and bring? Do you back? know what I get a lot of? Because I tend to go back to New York and I'll always spend a bit of time there. Is just 
a diner waffle, like a Belgian Ooh, waffle, because okay. they're, they're very different here. They're the fluffier. The ones that you get on, like, street stalls. Yeah. Here. I've never had one, actually. Not the same. With butter and maple syrup. Oh, man. Wow, okay. Yeah. Griddled, and it looks yeah. like a oblong in, like, looks like a grid. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one thing I always get. Oh, I wonder how different they are. That's cool. Yeah. Um, has there ever been anything that you were really looking forward to eating that in the end you didn't get to have? That I didn't get to have? Yeah. Ooh, like it fell on the floor? Because that's no... That's no barrier. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Wow. Um, no, it's a very broad question because I thought there's lots of variants. Yeah, fell on the floor might be. Mm. Maybe a dropped cake or something like that. Or maybe just... You know, I because I like to cook, yeah, I've I've cooked like really elaborate things that didn't turn out and it really is devastating. When I watch Bake Off and they cry, I'm like, yep, like I just yeah. I get oh, the emotion. I cry with them. <laughs> I do. I cry with them from episode one. I love that show. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, tell me about a time you ate something out of awkwardness or embarrassment. Are you as, are you, are you, um, maybe this is something you won't want to admit to. Are mm. you as perfectionist when other people have cooked for you as you are when you've cooked for for others like performing as in like if I had made you these fritters and that first batch which I'm really excited about definitely (laughs) but that you've hidden because they're a bit too dark if I'd made them for you and just served those would you be alright with that oh yeah Yeah. definitely so in that instance has anyone ever served you something you really didn't want but you ate it out of politeness Oh, so many times. I re- Here's what pops into my head. I remember I'd just gotten my license in the UK, yeah. and I went on a little road trip to the Lake District with my friend, and we met up with, like, ten of her best gay guy friends. Nice. So just picture this gorgeous house full of really fun gay guys, and then us. I'm not sure they really <laughs> wanted us there. I don't know if they needed us. Really. I think they kind of had it. But they served us this meal, and we sat down, and... Um, they had two things that I just can't stand, which were uh, grilled portobello mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I just get so freaked out. And um, a raw tomato salad. I just can't eat raw tomatoes. Right. My daughter loves them. It's, it skips Funny. a generation. Yeah. So I put both things. I'm like, yeah. So I just wanted to be polite. I felt like we were intruding. Here I am in the Lake District. <laughs> I put them under the lasagna. <gasps> And forced myself to eat it. And I was like, I just really like putting veg under my lasagna. It's a thing. <laughs> and oh, I just so you tried to mask. Them, no. But you ate them, but I just tried to, to surround them the in food. nice flavors. That is... That's brilliant. It's genius, actually. Is it? Because yeah. it doesn't actually sound that polite now that I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. It doesn't your, cover... But yeah. Your oh, wow. beautiful heritage tomatoes. And I'm going to like... <laughs> molest them with a lasagna yeah that's hard um hangover what are you having oh so many things one i mean my, that can be the answer one of my favorite <laughs> there things. are days those are days with hangovers. those are days now where i have no shame and go i'm gonna have, i'm gonna eat non-stop today yeah that's true and it's a joyful thing that's true but one of my favorite things is this sounds like really fancy hangover food but i love making ramen Oh, lovely. Yeah, so I'll make like a big, I mean like a giant bowl of ramen. You're not the first person who said that. Really? I wish I was a good enough oh. host to remember who the others were, but a few people have said oh, it. And I think oh it's got God. a really excellent combination of things for a very tired, dehydrated it person. everything. Yeah. It really does. Spice, potentially. Mm-hmm. Protein, if mm-hmm. you eat chicken or tofu, whatever is in there. 
Um, but this, it's very warming, very nourishing. Yeah. Salt, lots of salt. Yeah, exactly. Any kind of broth mm. based thing, and then it just has everything else on top of it. And there's some veggies in there. Yeah. It's one of my favorite foods, too. I love a ramen. What's your so death much. roll meal? Has anyone asked you that? Well, this kind of, you get an, oh, okay. a version of that. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, what would my death row meal be? It would change every day. There's food that I, there's stuff that I've never not loved. Sagaloo. I'd have. Mmm, nice. Um, what else today? Today, my death row meal would be... It's hard because you have to think of how nervous your stomach's going to be. Yeah, so that's why... <laughs> so basically, I'm, so I'll tell you what, I'll ask you my end question now. And this is, everybody gets their own version. Everybody gets their own question for this. But ultimately, it's a, it's a, it's a means of asking what your death row meal would be in, in a positive instance. Because I think, who fucking wants their death row yeah, meal? Yeah, of course I have to like, like put the American capital punishment spin on No, your not at all. Final fact, question. A, nine, nine, times out, nine out of ten people I talk to would be like, is this a death row question? It's like, yeah, it is, yes, yes, yes. It's, in, it's an, an original version of that, hopefully. Um, okay, I've done a festive one. Christmas is in terrible danger because all of Santa's elves have left the country following the sadness and rejection of Brexit. He's so <laughs> short-staffed that the only way to save Christmas is if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Taylor, do all the physical graft of 900 elves at triple speed, packing, wrapping, like some kind of Amazon robot for hours and hours and hours that add up to days at an extremely sweaty pace. Sounds impossible, but you do it. You save Christmas, yeah. But you're shattered. This is yeah. like this is like me at a Zumba class. Like, yeah, yeah, this is yeah, this is Zumba times a million. This is full on. You're that. You're in that post kind of real exercise kind of like, ugh, but you can freshen up or do whatever you want. But then that that hunger that's really animal. Oh man. Your reward, apart from adulation of every child now with great prezi on Christmas Day, you have saved the world. Really, is the feast of your dreams. I want to know what you're eating, what you're drinking, who with and where. I don't want you to care about the morals or the ethics or the anything. This, it will only make you feel good, wow. whatever you eat or drink. And, and also, nothing has to be possible. These people don't have to be people you could actually get there. They don't even have to be alive. Jeez, oh man. Now I've revealed that I never listen to the end of any podcast episode. <laughs> it's not just yours. I just can't. I do this with no, books too. Yeah. I'm just a big <gasps> quitter. I'm a quitter. No, that means you move on. Oh my God, I, I don't know. I think, I'm really in envy about the books. I'm sorry. I get the, like guilt I, the guilt I have when I don't finish a book, even though I do not make myself anymore. You know, I'm just so used to it now. I'm just, I'm a proud quitter. I'm a proud quitter. Yeah. I but I'm glad this is a great... It's much nicer than the death penalty question. Okay, let's start with the food, because that's actually the easiest part. Choosing all the people is really tricky. Yeah. Um, I would start with, oh, I'm such a wanker. This is like... (laughs) That word is so lovely in your accent. Wanker. Well, you know the story of like, I asked my daughter on the train, like, what do you want for dinner? And then I was like, oh, no, no, please don't say, because I've introduced her to every kind of food. And she was like, sea bass and samphire. She was four. Wow. And I was like, oh, I'm the biggest asshole. That's really funny, Tim. The biggest That's really asshole funny. in London. So, okay. So I'm gonna sea bass and samphire. <laughs> so I'm going to start with a giant globe artichoke. Nice. Like, with lots of butter mm. and garlic. Um, and then I'd probably have lobster. Oh, yes. And chips. Yes. Really well cooked chips. Fries. Fries. Yeah. yeah. Thin, thin. I like thin, crispy thin, nice. frites. Frites. Yeah. 
salty mm. with mayo. Oh, yes. And I need a vegetable in there. I don't know When what you I'd said pick. salty, my mouth burst. <laughs> I'm such a perfect for salt. Like, all that oh, stuff sounded really nice, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. it went salty. I could really picture it. No, I know. I can really see those crispy, <laughs> thin chips with... I could leave visible crystals on. Yeah. And I love veg. Like, don't get me wrong. I sound like such a, you know... I wish I could eat more like a European. That's a whole other podcast. I really do, because I feel like they know... And yes, I'm lumping them all together. It's been that kind of political week. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah, some kind of veg we'll throw on this side. Cavolo Nero. Just to to put the wanker thing... roasted, fried. uh, Pan fried. Pan fried. Mm. Olive oil. Mm. Very little seasoning, though. Okay. Keep it as it is. And then probably oh, sticky toffee pudding oh. with vanilla ice cream. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who needs people? Not I us. don't have a problem with food. <laughs> Nobody's invited. Take no one. You wouldn't be the first person. You don't need anyone there. No. You don't want anyone there. This is the whole thing is I, I always have to recharge on my own and I have to remind myself, like, your connections are very important because I do love my own company a little bit too much. I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to be alone with me? (laughs) Um, just, I just want everybody in my life that I love the friends that like old friends that I've known since I was a kid and friends that I've lost touch with that maybe we message and, you know, junior high friends. I want a huge party. I want everybody to be in on this. Imagine how many artichokes and lobsters we have to order for this. Um, dead people, I'm going to bring Sylvia Plath along. Nice, okay. Uh, maybe throw a little Dorothy Parker in there while oh, we're doing okay. Troubled Women. <laughs> I love a troubled woman. Yeah. Um, no wonder we get on. <laughs> I'm going to have Michelle Obama. Okay. Um, oh my God, and Kim Deal from the Pixies. Okay. This, this oh, party this is, is amazing. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Artichoke and lobster party. And yeah. Nice. Some wine. Some good wine. Just good wine. White wine, red wine, fizzy wine. Fizzy. I'm going to go bubbles. Bubbles. It doesn't have to be champagne, though. It can be cava. Perfect. Oh, I'm such a wanker. Yeah. Aren't we all? (laughs) Holy balls of inner volcano. I love that woman to bits. Listen to her podcast with Katie Wilkins and Hannah George. It's called Drunk Women Solving Crime and it's very, very, very funny. And they have live shows you could go to as well. And they get some seriously badass guests. She's on all the socials as well, at Taylor Glenn with two N's, UK. You can follow us on social media, please. We're at The Hoovering Pod. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Blah, blah, blah. And follow me too, at Jessica Foster Q. If you want to come to any live shows or if you'd like to email me something longer than a tweet, go to my website, jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Turns out words beginning with M are quite hard to say when you've got a very blocked nose. Anyway, until next week, happy hoovering. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.